show. We'll be with you in a minute. Here's uh, Mia with Paper Planes. Sometimes I think sitting on trains. Every step I get to, I'm clocking that game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name. Sometimes I think sitting on trains. Every step I get to, I'm clocking that game. Everyone's a winner, we're making our fame. Bonafide hustler, making my name.
bureaucracy Yeah, I got more records in the KGB So, uh, no funny business Are you already Okay, like I said, uh, morning everybody. This is the B and this is Labor and Love Show. And we started off with uh, three sisters. Uh, and that's what our show is about today, doing honor to the distaff side. The ones who made us, the ones who make us better. The ones who raised us, the ones who walk with us, and the ones who don't. Happy Happy Women's Day to all. So we'll have an all-woman show today. And we started, we kicked it off with Etta James. Etta James with the Bob Dylan song, You Gotta Serve Somebody, which is, we're always reminding you of that here on Labor and Love. That's right, it is 10 a.m. on Saturday morning, and this is the Labor and Love show. You gotta serve somebody. Might be the devil, that is, might be the corporate state, or it might be the Lord, that is, it might be your communities, communities of people like you. But you gotta serve somebody, and as, as we head toward the Armageddon of climate change, that's becoming more and more obvious. Can we, in good faith, take jobs that involve tearing down the earth just to get a job for another few months or so? Not an easy choice, but one we're all going to have to make. What do women want? I'll tell you.
Simone, of course, with Pirate Jenny. <clears throat> Before that, we had a little uh, <clears throat> Selena. Bitty bitty bum bum. A song that I really like. A woman in all her guises. That's who we're celebrating today. And she's got a lot of them. Right now... I want to play some labor radio and then we'll get into our, our weekly labor report for uh, the U.S. Um, this is Labor and Love, and I forgot to tell you that this is where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you're not on the, if you're not at the negotiating table, if you don't have a seat at the negotiating table where you work, you're probably on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. 
This is the B. I'm Bill Morgan, and we come at you every Saturday morning like this from Mutiny Radio on 2781 21st Street, where we've just completed, I say we, I didn't really have much to do with it. We completed the second annual Mutiny Comedy Festival under the management of comedian and our station manager, Mutiny Radio station manager, Pam Sadai. So I hope you you showed up, hope you contributed. Mutiny Radio is here, ready for your ideas, your input, your membership. We need you and you need us. We'll give you a voice here in the neighborhood and in the greater computer world. All right, let's play some When We Can Review now. This is from Workers Independent News. Workers Independent News, We Can Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. More than 11 million jobs would be created over 10 years if Congress approved a $1 trillion U.S. infrastructure rebuild. That's according to a study from Georgetown University's Center on Education and the Workforce. The report says it would at least temporarily revive America's blue-collar economy because more than half of the new jobs would go to high school-educated and college dropout workers. According to the report, if the Senate Democratic Infrastructure Plan were adopted, it would create even more jobs, 15 million over 10 years. Historically, more jobs have been created in the U.S. under Democratic presidents than under Republicans. Good afternoon, Mississippi. Are you fired up? Are you ready to go? United Auto Workers President Dennis Williams. Canton, Mississippi Nissan workers, supported by the United Auto Workers, the NAACP, Senator Bernie Sanders, and activist actor Danny Glover held a spirited March on Mississippi over the weekend in Canton. The message was that worker rights are human rights. Nissan workers want a union, and they want to be able to vote for a union free of fear and intimidation from Nissan. Brothers and sisters, friends all, it is your moment, your time in history. You will determine not only the fate of this facility here, but you will send a signal to workers everywhere. It's time to rise up. It's time to join together. It's time to change things. Saru Jeremon is with Rock, the Restaurant Opportunities Center. Jeremon says that resistance to Trump and violence against women are part of why women are rising in protest, but worker issues are also motivating the protests. $15 minimum wage for everybody, including tip restaurant workers who are in large majority women and who suffer from the highest levels of sexual harassment of any workers in the U.S. because they have to rely on tip to support their families. We are rising for paid sick days and paid family leave for every worker in America, protections against sexual harassment and discrimination based on race and gender and religion. The National Black Worker Center Project is launching a hashtag Working While Black campaign advocating a new deal for black America. Executive Director Tanya Wallace-Goburn says to Trump and members of Congress that they should bring an end to the economic abuses of black workers with a vision that goes beyond the desire for political power. Rather than focusing on filling the pockets and wallets of billionaires, we need to focus on building projects that don't extract wealth from our communities and builds wealth within our communities. And that's something that all of us, no matter what your race or ethnicity is, can align with. The hashtag Working While Black campaign will expose the impacts of racial and economic injustice in the workplace through workers telling their stories. Workers Independent News puts workers and their unions on the national radio news airwaves every day. To help keep labor's voice on 
on the air, go to laborradio.org. Workers' independent news provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Workers' independent news. How was Workers' Independent News, uh, by and large, United States Labor News? And again, we're at that we're at that place where we have to choose between the earth and a job. And when you say it like that, it's no choice at all. But for working people, it's a very real, actual problem. Here's the World News Labor Report from Radio Labor. EPA locals, the largest This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on March 10th, 2017. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, millions march for women's rights on International Women's Day. African unionists are fighting for the continent's workers. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Spurred by the rise of right-wing misogynist politicians, even more people participated in this year's International Women's Day on March 8th. Radio Labor senior correspondent Seamary Ainsborough reports. On International Women's Day, unionists around the world marched, demonstrated, and went on strike for women's rights. The fight continues. Women workers and their supporters are fighting for equal pay for work of equal value, daycare, an end to violence against women in the workplace, and so much more. This year is marked by an upsurge in misogyny, fueled by right-wing politicians such as the new president of the United States, Donald Trump. The labor organization which helped coordinate events related to International Women's Day is the International Trade Union Confederation. The ITUC represents national union centers such as the Trades Union Congress in Ghana and the AFL-CIO in the United States. The general secretary of the ITUC is Sharon Burrow. Ms. Burrow is the first woman to lead the organization. In a Radio Labour interview, Ms. Burrow talked about the rise of anti-women politicians such as Donald Trump and others. I think in terms of open misogyny expressed against women, Donald Trump's unleashed a monster. It isn't, of course, just in the US. We've seen it in terms of women being equal on the streets, in terms of uprisings like the Arab Spring, but then discounted in terms of rights, employment and services in the economy post those struggles. We're seeing it in the way in which migrant women are treated in the workplace. And of course, the rise of violence against women, sexual harassment, domestic violence, these are all indicators that tragically misogyny is again on the rise. The good news is women are fighting back. Those marches that started in the US but spread around the world in solidarity, they were incredibly inspirational. And now you have people calling for symbolic strikes on March 8. Of course, uh, you know, that's really about recognizing that women have power and that they can exercise that in a variety of ways. But it is extraordinary that, again, in, in you know, 2017, we would be facing some of the fundamentals 
that many uh, women of generations past, including myself as a very young woman in the 70s and the third wave of feminism, thought that we would never face again. So, yes, women are on the, on the march, misogyny is on the rise, and frankly, it must be eliminated. This is Seamary Ainsborough reporting for Radio Labour. One of the largest global unions in the world, UNI, has held a meeting of the executive committee of its African branch to discuss the challenges facing working people and their unions on the continent. The meeting comes ahead of a conference of UNI African affiliates scheduled for March 23rd to 25th. Bones Skulu is the president of UNI Africa. My vision of Africa is Africa that is politically stable, rid itself of the corrupt politicians have economic prosperity and integration with the trade unions playing their active role as the agents of change. As UNI would be building strong trade unions, integrating and merging those that are small within the same industry so that they have strength and be able to play their role effectively. Africa is richest continent and the biggest continent. Yet its own people, despite the riches, are the most poor. So as we regroup as labor movement and with UNI, would want to see UNI also in the forefront, mobilizing all other forces that are progressive within the labor movement, the communities and the youth so that we are able to take our future in our own hands. One of the unionists attending the uni executive meeting was Louise Nett of SASBO, the finance union in South Africa. My inspiration for uni Africa is to have an inclusive Africa where nobody gets left behind. We all walk the road together, regardless of gender, sex or orientation or color where there is no inequality, we are all the same. That is my dream for Africa. Philip Jennings is the General Secretary of UNI. Nelson Mandela said, may your choices reflect your hopes and not your fears. And I am full of hope for Africa. My hopes are that every child born today can live to its full potential. We will soon have a one billion strong workforce in Africa and work has to mean fulfillment and not misery. We need to find and we will find jobs for these one billion people. Africa will be the youngest continent and one in five of all young people will be African. Every one of those young Africans must be able to find decent work. Above all, I'm looking for new leadership in Africa. One in two of all political leaders, business leaders, union leaders must be a woman. Africa has the potential. Africa has the people. Africa has the ideas. And if we can fulfill these dreams and ambitions, we will indeed have a new Africa. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Star correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the almost 300 news stories added to our site each day last week. 
Our top stories section included links to news about the threatened sacking of striking Kenyan doctors, mining giant BHP efforts at breaking a strike in Chile, and of course the events marking International Women's Day around the world. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Public transport workers in India held a one-day hunger strike to press their bargaining demands, while their comrades in the financial services industry held another one-day national bank strike. 1,300 transport workers were detained, and 46 Bangladeshi union leaders are still in court following a national road safety strike. Casual teachers in Pakistan suspended their strike over back wages after they were promised what is owed to them, while their Argentinian comrades walked in an effort to gain a wage increase and improved funding for schools. Australian public transport workers parked their buses to press their wage demands. Garment workers in Burma shut their factory down over unaddressed concerns about safety and workplace conditions. And also last week, French air traffic controllers pressed their wage demand with a slowly escalating series of job actions. Our top working women stories included coverage of the Icelandic law requiring employers to prove that they pay women and men equally, the status and struggles of Palestinian women in Gaza, and the news that Hungary has the largest gender pay gap in Europe. The Health and Safety Newswire, we run in cooperation with Hazards Magazine, carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the new Mental Health in the Workplace website for Canadian civil servants, the hazardous duties performed by Australians in a Work for the Dole program, and the linkages being made between worker and rider safety in the Australian public transport sector. Currently, Labour Start is running eight online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Black, editor from Labour Start, reporting for Radio Labour. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Radio Labor's newscasts are available on its website, iTunes, mobile phones, union websites, and community radio stations. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, um, you heard uh, WIN, Workers Independent Network News, and you heard uh, Radio Labor. We'll talk a little bit more about Iceland. Iceland is the first, world's first company to require equal pay for women. It's called The Two Way, and this is from NPR. <clears throat> Gender equality benefits all of us, Iceland's Prime Minister said on International Women's Day, as his government works on a law to require companies to show that they pay men and women the same salary for equal work. The same work, equal worth. 
He discussed the plan in New York where he attended an International Women's Day Summit and other meetings this week. The law, which is be, believed to be the first of its kind on a national level. Here we are in 2017. And the first nation ever to guarantee equal pay is moving ahead with its plan. The first nation. <clears throat> Not the 25th or the 91st or even the 11th. <clears throat> the very first. Companies would need to undergo certification every three years to ensure that their pay policies follow the rules. There is a standard which we already have taken up, he said, but not all are following it. In the U.S., attempts to close the wage gap have brought some success, but the gap remains wide. The Bureau of Labor Statistics said the most recent data showed women earning 83% of men's median earnings. So, that's good in a way, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, in a way it's scary to realize how far we've come and how far we still have to go in terms of labor practices and pay. Um, people who defend the, the wage gap say that uh, economically, it's not feasible. They say women uh, usually take care of the kids and stay at home, So, but men need it more. That's no longer a valid argument. Others say that men do better work. No, all these are, all these are excuses. The excuse is to pay somebody the least you can. Say, oh, they're a woman? Okay, well, I'll pay her less and I'll make up some reason or I'll say, I'll repeat some excuse as to why she can't be paid the same. Come on. Come on. It's just to pay the least you can. I want to focus on a campaign uh, with British Airway, 3,000 British Airway workers are, well, let's listen in here. This is on Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor special report recorded on Thursday, March 9th, 2017. I'm Mark Belanger. As millions of women and their supporters marched on International Women's Day, many women workers were continuing their strikes to raise their poverty-level wages. One dispute is a rotating strike being conducted by 3,000 employees of British Airways. The majority of the workers are young women under 35. Many of the workers are members of the LGBT community. They have diverse ethnic and racial backgrounds and come from many different countries. The workers are members of Unite, the largest union in the UK and Ireland. The issues they are confronting are shared by many airline cabin crew workers around the world low pay and onerous work rules. 
Charlie Bacon is one of the people on strike. She was interviewed by Andy Con Gordon of the International Transport Workers Federation. I'm in London at the ITF cabin crew meeting and we've just heard in the main room from Charlie Bacon. She's from the mixed fleet cabin crew at BA and she's on strike today. So Charlie, thanks very much for joining us. What is it you're fighting for? Why are you on strike? We're on strike because um, when we were created in 2010 um, as a fleet, uh, we were created to undermine the old contracts. We were, we were bought in on less terms, conditions and less pay. And when I, when I say less, I mean £12,000 a year is our basic salary. We're also expected to live within 90 minutes of the airport. And obviously within 90 minutes of the airport are five of the most expensive counties in the UK. So people are spending more of their money on rent uh, to be able to live and do the jobs than they are being able to live and eat um, and provide for themselves. We haven't had any changes in our conditions. We are simply fighting to improve them. Um, so we're proactively you know, seeking from the company uh, an improvement in, in what we're earning and our terms conditions. You're being paid these desperately low wages. What effect does this have on you and your colleagues? What are some examples you can tell me about? So, I mean, there's a huge health and safety implication of, of having such low wages. Um, we've had people sleeping in their cars overnight between shifts because um, they're unable to afford the petrol to go home. Um, and mainly people who aren't able to live within the 90-minute radius of the airport. Um, so, you know, they, they're cheaper to live within Birmingham or Manchester, but then alternatively they are having to drive home between shifts. Um, with the new EASA ruling um, of, of le legislation for um, flying um, working hours, we can work up to eight days. Um, so we can do a gruelling sort of Euro tour. And we, when I say Euro tour, I mean like a lot of short haul sectors, a lot of early mornings. Um, and we can go straight from that into a, a long haul flight. Um, so we could do, uh, for example, a 10 sector three day tour and then go straight into an overnight flight to Cape Town um, and not have any rest day in between. So. Uh, anyone will be able to understand from all of that why you're fighting and how is the union helping you or how is being in the union uh, empowering you to do this? I mean, unions are a formidable force, aren't they? Uh, we started uh, three years ago when we got recognition for Mixed Fleet Unite um, and we started with uh, under, I'd say, 500 members um, and they, most of those had come in from other airlines. Um, and today we have just uh, 50 under 3,000 members um, and 1,000 of those um, signed up simply to vote to strike. So I think a lot of people are um, uniting in their emotions because they feel exactly the same way. And it's quite nice to know that other people are feeling the same way about the company and their job. You're looking for help. What can people do if, um, if they want to help you? We have a uh, hardship fund set up um, and the reason we've set this up is because we are such a young union branch and we haven't been able to establish a strike fund for our staff like many other union branches do. So we're relying heavily on donations to that hardship fund to be able to help the um, people who are striking, uh, the crew that are striking, just be able to pay their, pay their bills and eat. We've also set up a food bank so that uh, crew can come down and get their of beans and bread and things so that they don't have to spend money. Charlie, thank you very much for your time. This is Andy Khan Gordon at the ITF cabin crew meeting in London.
Yeah, British Airlines uh, workers trying to start, basically get their union. This is Solidarity News on Off the ground. Um, so go to the Radio Labor website there, and they'll tell you how you can support people who are undertaking labor actions all over the world. Right, let's get some music in here. International Women's Day. This is our International Women's Day show. And we're playing music by women. Here's a famous one by Barbara Dane. Crops are all in And the peach trees are rotting And the oranges are piled In the chrysodomes Well, you're flying them back To the Mexican border To pay all their money To wait back again Goodbye to you, Juan, and goodbye, Rosalita. Goodbye, me amigo, Jesus and Maria. You won't have a name when you fly the big airplane, and all they will call you is just deportee. My father's own father, he waded that river. Well, they took all the money that he made in his life. My sisters and brothers came work in the fruit tree. And they rode in the truck till they took down and died. Goodbye to you, Juan. Goodbye, Rosalita. Goodbye, me amigo, Jesus and Maria. You won't have a name when you fly the big airplane. For all they will call you just deportee. Now some of us are illegal and some are not wanted Our work contracts out and we've got to move on 600 miles to the Mexican border They chase us like outlaws, like rustlers, like thieves to you, Juan, and goodbye, Rosalita. Goodbye, oh, mi amigo Jesus and Maria. Boy, you won't have a name when you ride the big airplane. And all they will call you is just 
deportee Well, we died in your hills And we died in your desert And we died in your valleys And we died on your plain We died neath your trees And we died neath the bushes Both sides of the river We died just the same Goodbye to you One goodbye, Rosalita Goodbye Well, the sky plane caught fire over Los Gatos Canyon. A fireball of lightning shook all our hills. Who are all those people all scattered like dry leaves? Well, the radio says they just deportees Is this the best way we can grow our big orchards Is this the best way we can grow our good fruit To fall like dry leaves and rot on your topsoil And be called by no name except Deportees Goodbye to you I'm goodbye Rosalita Goodbye Mi amigo Jesus and Maria You won't have a name when you ride the big airplane We're all living calling Okay, that was uh, Barbara Dane with Just Deportees. We're talking about our sisters now in all their all their manifestations. Here we go with some Russian girls. Russian women. Чувствуй, 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 чувств
That was um, Pussy Riot. Pussy Riot with uh, a song about the church uh, and how the church and the um, civil society discriminate against women. Uh, it's a protest punk rock group based in Moscow. And there were 11 women in it at this time when that that record was made. They were arrested and charged with hooligan on May 3rd, 212, two of the members. Uh, that protest and that song they were just singing was directed at the Orthodox Church leaders' support for uh, Vladimir Putin. Their trial attracted considerable attention and criticism, particularly in the West. Amnesty International adopted the case. Public in opinion in Russia was generally less sympathetic. Having served 21 months, the two members were released on December 23, 2013 after the State Duma approved an amnesty. 2014, February 2014, a statement was made anonymously that those two were no longer members. However, both were among the group that performed as Pussy Riot with Pussy Riot during the Winter Olympics in Sochi, where group members were attacked with whips and pepper spray by Cossacks who were employed as security guards. They're the Cossacks. Uh, in March of 2014, they were assaulted and sprayed with green paint by local use. Um, so, Pussy Riot. And we had uh, Barbara Dane with the famous Woody Guthrie song, Plain Wrecking Los Gatos. Are you going to be just, just deportees? 11.01 now, this is the B. And I want to remind you that this show and 20 or 30 other shows are being broadcast here live every week at Mutiny Radio. And the shows are being archived at mutinyradio.fm. So, for example, if you want to hear Labor and Love show from a certain day, you go to mutinyradio.fm and you click on the podcast and go down to Labor and Love. And there you'll have a choice of any of the hundreds, seems like hundreds of shows that I've done. I don't know if it's 
that many, but it seems like it. Mutiny Radio is a lot more than a radio station, radio studio. It's a performance space where people can showcase their comedy talents, their videos, their plays, and their other ideas. It's open. This is this is where you have a chance to launch yourself as an artist or present your work to the community. So come on in to Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, corner of Florida and 21st, in the heart of the mission. And uh, listen to your favorite shows on Mutiny, or better still, come on in and make your own show. Get trained to be a, uh, a DJ. Okay, let's get some music here. It's always better to play some music and uh, So we had Pussy Riot. Before that, we had Barbara Dane. Lauren Hill. I was just a little girl. Skinny legs, a pressing curl. My mother always thought I'd be a star. Way before the record deal, streets that nurtured Lauren Hill uh-huh. made sure that I never go what? too far. Well, uh, yeah. Every ghetto, every city, uh-huh. and suburban place I've been make me recall my days in the New Jerusalem. You know. Story starts in Hooterville. Hooterville. Grew up next to Ivy Hill when kids were stealing quarter deals for fun. Killed a guy and caught a paw. Rode a mongoose till it's dark. Watching kids show off the stolen ones. Every ghetto, every city, and suburban place I've been made me recall my days. In the new Jerusalem You know it's hot Don't forget what you got Looking back Times 20 cents and a nickel Springfield have had the best popsicles Saturday morning cartoons and kung fu Main street roots tonic with the dress A beef patty and some cocoa bread Move the patch from my leaves to the tongue of my shoe Remember, Freeland Heisen used to have the bomb leather Back when Doug Fresh and Slick Rick was together Looking at the crew, we thought we'd all live forever Remember when Hawthorne and Chancellor had beef? Moving records was on Central Ave. 
was there at dancing school. South Horn jab at ball and pool. Unaware of what we didn't have. Writing my friends' names on my jeans with a marker. July 4th races outside Parker. Fireworks in Martin Stadium. The untouchable PSP, all the crazy niggas. Coffee got a way through Irving Town. Hillside brings beef with the cops. Self-destruction record drops, and everybody's name was Muscle. Sensations in '88 attracted kids from out of state, and everybody used to do the wop. Jack, jack, jack your body. Now the biz mark used to amp up the party. I wish those days they didn't stop. Every ghetto, every city, and suburban place I've been. Maybe recall my days in every city. You know it's high. Don't forget what you got. Looking back. and gentlemen, Bonnie Raitt.
course, Bonnie Raitt with uh, Tracy Chapman and uh, other helpers there with Sweet Home Chicago. And Lauren Hill singing about her upbringing uh, and her life from her um, <clears throat> landmark album, the, uh, the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Very bright uh, artist, someone who really incorporates um, herself, her identity. Okay, how about rebuilding America? This is Ann Feeney. Violence must cease. When will they learn it? No justice, no peace. Oh, oh, oh. 
educate our children, not put them in jail. By whatever means necessary, we must prevail. Our school's a disgrace and we're building more jails, putting weapons in space. Anthony there with a Rebuild America, kind of an updated version of uh, Eyes on the Prize, a movement song. Our reading for the day is about Ondina Petiani, a woman you wouldn't want to mess with. This is from the book Revolutionary Women by PM Press, Ondina Petiani was a member of the Italian anti-fascist resistance during World War II and a post-war political activist. She was born in Trieste, raised under fascism, went to, uh, went to an anti-fascist rally at the age of 17 as a worker in a shipyard. Most of her anti-fascist comrades were communists. She was also drawn, drawn into communism. With partisans of the Slovenian Liberation Front already operating in the region, the activists were moved to form the Garibaldi Union, Unit, Italy's first partisan group in early 1943. Using the codename Natalia, Andina worked for the Garibaldi as a courier bringing food and news to the partisans and she was uh, arrested, escaped twice, captured again in 1944 and sent to Trieste. At the end of March, she was deported to Auschwitz and later transferred to Evensbrück. She was assigned to be a laborer in a factory in Berlin where she managed to sabotage production by slowing the work process. In April 1945, she managed to escape and return to Italy 
By July, she was still only 20 years old. She remarked of her war years that I do not even know what a dream is. But from 1944 on, I very well knew what a nightmare is. She lived a rich and committed life as a midwife after the war, militant in the Italian Communist Party and an ardent trade unionist. Her past left her passionately committed to the cause of anti-racism and she was an active member of an organization for former resistance fighters. Suffering from emphysema, she was combined, confined to her apartment and starting in 1991, she died 12 years later. She said, it is beautiful to live free against all forms of racism, against discrimination and racial abuse social, cultural, and religious, sub stubbornly, now, and always, resistance. Let's get on with some labor news now. Thought there was no slavery, huh? I don't know why. I'm, I'm watching a, uh, a film about capitalism, and they sort of blandly assert that there's no slavery anymore. Unfortunately, that's not true. A quarter of a billion children go to work every day instead of school, and... A good percentage of those are living in slave-like conditions, living and working in slave-like conditions. Well, here's another one. Slavery rears its head. Capitalism is intimately tied to slavery and wage slavery. The great fortunes of the early colonial period were made up by the backs of slaves in the sugar plantations and the growth of the United States that we talk about so proudly was financed and reared up on the backs of slaves. Here's one from the Washington Post. Thousands of ICE detainees claim they were forced into labor, a violation of anti-slavery laws. Tens of thousands of immigrants detained in U by the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement were forced to work for a dollar a day or for nothing at all. A violation of federal anti-slavery laws, a lawsuit claimed. This is where they want us. This is where our capitalists and our people who believe in the market as a tin god in place of the realities of human existence. This is where they want us. They want to break us down so they don't have to pay us at all or pay us as little as they can. A lawsuit filed in 2014 against one of the largest private prison companies in the country 
reached class action status this week after a federal judge's ruling. That means the case could involve as many as 60,000 immigrants who have been detained. It's the first time a class action lawsuit accusing a private U.S. prison company of forced labor has been allowed to move forward. Editorial comment. These private prisons were going to be phased out under Barack Obama. He had begun that process, but now with the ascent of Trump, they're all back again. Anyway, the lawsuit is obviously a big deal, says Nina DeSalvo, an executive director of Towards Justice. It's recognizing the possibility that a government contractor could be engaging in forced labor. Certification of the class is perhaps the only mechanism by which these vulnerable individuals who were dispersed across the country and across the world would ever be able to vindicate their rights. At the heart of the dispute is the Denver Contract Detention Facility, a 1,500-bed center in Aurora, Colorado, owned and operated by GEO Group under a contract with ICE. Florida-based corporation runs facilities to house immigrants who are awaiting their turn in court. This company is making millions from America's broken immigration system. One of the lawyers for the company said that under present law, this is legal. A spokesman named Pablo Paz says, we intend to continue to vigorously defend our company against these claims. The work, the volunteer work program at immigration facilities, as well as the wage rates and standards were set by the federal government. He says these facilities in Aurora, Colorado are highly rated and provide high quality services in safe, secure, and humane residential environments. Euphemisms, euphemisms, nothing but euphemisms. ICE, of course, denies that it has any power over this. It's the old argument. They say, well, this is the contractors who are doing it. Under ICE's voluntary work program, detainees sign up to work and are paid a dollar a day. The nationwide program ICE says, provides detainees opportunities to work and earn money while confined, subject to the work number of work opportunities available and within constraints of the safety, security, and good order of the facility. Well, now, they should ask the detainees what they think. Anyway, follow the story. It's on the Washington Post, and it's uh, a lot longer. And speaking of corporations, taxes, this is the New York Times. Profitable companies, no taxes, here how, here's how they did it. And these are the names of companies that managed to pay no total income tax between 2008 
in 2015. They're in the energy sector. And there's a whole list of them. How do they do it? Why do so many companies' income tax bills add up to zero? Although the top corporate rate is 35%, hardly any companies actually pay that. A report by the Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy found that a hundred of these companies, nearly 40%, paid no taxes in the lease in at least one year between 2008 and 2015. 18, including General Electric, International Paper, Priceline.com, and PG&E, incurred a total federal income tax bill of less than zero, meaning they received rebates. Goldman Sachs paid no taxes. Traveler's Cause, Darden Restaurants, Community Health Systems. How does a billion dollar company pay no taxes? <laughs> we all pay taxes. Even if you got a rebate, see, even if you got a tax refund, you did pay taxes. In fact, you overpaid them. Multinational companies like Apple, Microsoft, Abbott Laboratories, and Coca-Cola have ways of booking profits overseas, out of the reach of the IRS. Citing evidence in the report, Senator Bernie Sanders, the Vermont Independent, and Senator Brian Schatz, Democrat of Hawaii, introduced a bill on Thursday to eliminate tax loopholes that encourage companies to shift activities overseas. We've got a rigged tax code, Sanders says. Facebook, Aetna, and ExxonMobil, among others, save billions in taxes by giving options to top executives to buy stock at a future at a discount. The companies then get to deduct their huge payouts as a loss. Facebook used excess tax benefits from stock options to reduce its federal and state taxes by $5.78 billion from 2005, uh, 2008 to 2015. No taxes. I would uh, submit to you that these people are unpatriotic. Okay? Instead of paying their fair share, they take advantage of every tax law they can. Probably a lot of them, their lobbyists put in place to pay no taxes at all. That means you and I have to pay more. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe we should use some of these offshore places to park our money. A few hundred bucks, I guess, I could put in there and park it from taxes. This is a national scandal, y'all. These people are getting away with murder, and one out of every six American child goes to sleep hungry. But these guys don't pay any tax. 
New York Times story. Okay, we're back. Uh, that was a hard one to take. I had read the story in preparation for the show, but it just kind of hit me right now. Uh, the import. They pay no taxes at all. Wouldn't that be great not to pay any taxes? But no. As members of a democracy, as members of a, a quote-unquote democracy, pardon me, it's our duty to pay taxes into the public. See, don't say government. We're talking about the public now. These people are ripping off the public by not paying taxes. That's where the money goes. All right. Here's for a working girl. Our sex workers.
Working girls, working people, working women. Here's another one. Emmy Lou. Bottles of wine. Working women. A lot of times a lot of times people feel that workers are always left last, right? And in the movement it's the bright college educated, mostly white women who run the movement. And that's gotta change got to change as well as all all different movements it's got to be run by the workers themselves here's a little history about the radium girls okay in the 1920s radium was all the rage it was kind of a new miracle 
Not a miracle drug, perhaps, but a miracle substance. Let's listen up. The Radium Girls. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1925. That was the day the first civil lawsuit for damages was filed on behalf of the Radium Girls. During the 1910s and 20s, radium was all the rage. It was considered a medical cure-all for everything from blindness to asthma. The U.S. Radium Corporation employed hundreds of young women in New Jersey and Illinois to paint radium onto watch dials and military instruments. Women workers were instructed to shape the paintbrushes to a fine point with their lips in order to paint the numbers onto the watch faces. They soon fell ill. Many complained of losing scores of teeth and shattered and rotting jaws. The death toll began to rise. U.S. Radium and other related companies initially tried to smear the women as suffering from syphilis. Catherine Wiley of the New Jersey Consumers League began investigating the use of radium by dial painters. She was also concerned about how emissions affected the community surrounding the plant. Wiley enlisted the help of Alice Hamilton, mother of industrial medicine and occupational toxicology. The chief medical examiner of Essex County determined the women suffered from radium exposure. They were exhaling radon gas. The findings were earth-shattering for the industry. Case proceedings were highly publicized in the press. Extremely frail and sick young women appeared in court, barely able to walk or testify. The company agreed to settle the case. $10,000 for each woman, a $400 a year pension, and medical care. Women at the Ottawa plant suffered for years before finally learning the truth about their job-related illnesses. The case impacted fields related to occupational safety and health. It also fundamentally broadened scientific understanding of radioactive elements. Like what you hear? Check out more at laborhistoryin2.com. I'm Rick Smith. Labor History in Two Minutes, the story of the radium girls, women in the 1920s who painted watch dials with radium, and how many of us as very young kids were exposed to radium? No one knows. This song goes out to all the women in my life, the women... Vita, who makes me proud to be a dad, my soulmate, Sylvia, all the women in my family and extended family, and all the women of the world. Let's all get together and build a better world, a world, world where women are not assaulted, a world where women are not targets of male exploitation a world where women can be the beings they want to be. This is for you. Pero tú llevas también sabor a mí Sin 
negaras mi presencia en tu vivir Bastaría con abrazarte y conversar Tanta vida yo te di que por fuerza tienes ya sabor a mí No pretendo ser tu dueña No soy nada, yo no tengo vanidad De mi vida doy lo bueno Soy tan pobre que otra cosa puedo dar Pasarán más de mil años, muchos más Y yo no sé si tenga amor la eternidad Pero allá tal como aquí en la boca llevará sabor a mí Ok, I'm gonna have to cut that a little short This is The Bee signing off. The show is dedicated to the 150 workers in the United States and the more than 3,000 workers worldwide who will die today of work-related conditions or causes. Remember, if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. Remember, if you don't have a seat at the table, You're probably on the menu. And never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. This is uh, Carrie Miraji with the Internacional. insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm gonna guess waffles. Yo, that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternative to
they're smoking. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good, because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. This is Tusser Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station, the ruling nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Do you need an awesome and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event. Now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Oh. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRack. <laughs> SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. The second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is coming March 1st through 5th, 2017 to San Francisco, featuring 25 shows in five days and 50 comedians from across the entire U.S., From Washington and Portland to Los Angeles, New York to Indiana, Tennessee to Pennsylvania, these comics will join San Francisco's best underground comedians for five days of comedy at Mutiny Radio. All shows will be live streaming and available after via podcast at www.mutinyradio.fm. But see them live in our intimate 30-seat performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Mission, March 1st through 5th. Tickets available on our website, www.mutinyradio.fm now. Brought to you by our generous festival sponsors, Alta California Botanicals, Destiny's Mom, What a Tomato Produce Company, the law offices of John P. Strauss III, Asiento, FruFruHot.com, Jankytown.org, Brooke Heineken, Pervert Fervor, and Trina Roderick. Asiento. This locally owned Mission neighborhood bar and restaurant is excited to be a sponsor for the festival. We hope you'll join us any night of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival for happy hour pricing all night long. Just mention that you are an audience member for happy hour pricing March 1st through the 5th at Asiento. Our address is 2730 21st Street at Bryant Street, just a half a block away from Mutiny Radio. Asiento has a warm, friendly neighborhood vibe that's perfect for an after-work drink or for a night out. Featuring a comfortable bar and extensive tapas menu, this is the perfect place for groups that want to get together for drinks and food. Join us at Asiento. People, you got the flat black plastic show coming at you directly live from... Mission District what of San Francisco, tomato. California. Where did you find such a nice tomato? Dig deep. What a tomato. I know, I just said that. Where'd you get that fine heirloom? What? What you do when you go down there? Well, I wanna know now, child. What you do when you go down there? You
you know that man can't be no square. 